Rachel Needle from Talking With Tech. And I'm Chris Bouguet from Talking With Tech. We have a podcast dedicated to augmentative and alternative communication, all things related to helping kids with complex communication needs. If you have a passion for helping people with language disabilities, this is the show for you. Each episode features an interview or a roundtable discussion on a topic related to augmentative communication and helping people with language disabilities. And we're really passionate about giving practical strategies to clinicians working in the field who are working with children or adults, anything related to AAC. So you can look us up on iTunes or you can find us on Facebook. We've got a group over there or check out our website at bit.ly slash TWT podcast. Please join our community of professionals that are working to ensure that everyone can say whatever they want to say, however they want to say it. The views and opinions expressed during this show do not necessarily reflect like the, the policy or position of any affiliated workplace or employer. The views and opinions of the show do not constitute recommendations for therapy. Please, Please contact, contact a licensed SLP for individual consult on your situation. Please listen carefully. What is communication? An essential behavior of life. We have the both blessing and responsibility of trying to foster another. It's transmitting a thought from one person to another. It's the strongest way for two people to convey information to each other. The back and forth between two people. Communication is a lifeline. It's just connection with other people. Connecting people in terms of ideas or thoughts or needs. Draws us out of ourselves, draws us into that relationship, you know, builds up our families. Without it, we'd be lost. Whatever it is that we do to express intent and achieve an impact. Communication is the ability to express your needs, wants, frustrations, and desires to anyone that you feel needs to have that information. Welcome to Speech Science episode number 131. I'm Matt Hott, joined as always by Michelle Wintering. Hi, Matt. I was really coming up with something and I drew a blank. And Michael McLeod. What's up, buddy? Ladies and gentlemen, we've done this for 131 episodes, and behind the scenes, I almost forgot how to say hello uh, starting this episode off. So we're doing great, but before we jump into anything, like always, we want to hear from you. So make sure you go over to our website, speechsciencepodcast.com, and from there, you can give us a phone call or leave us a text message, 614-681-1798. You can also rate and review our show like Emily did uh, down there in the iTunes uh, segment down below under your your podcast app, I guess. Um, Thanks, Emily. I also got a weird email that said that we were doing well in Japan. From, really? From who? Who sent I you this know. email? I think they just like some weird marketer. They're like... You're ranked relatively high for English-speaking health, uh, medical and health podcasts in Japan, and I was like, "Well, that's a that's a." I think weird we're. Segment. I think we're actually. I think we're actually huge in Japan. <laughs> I well, know. Shout out we to our listeners in Japan, then. So but the podcast world is so weird. Anywho, also make sure you hashtag it up. Hashtag SSPod. Uh, you can check us out into the Discord. Uh, Discord. Speech Science Podcast. Uh, com. That's been relatively quiet the last couple of weeks. Also, uh, I threw up something today on the website uh, for our Patreon people. If you sign up for Patreon, we will send you a sweet gift because uh, in the last couple of weeks, we finally got merchandise.speechsciencepodcast.com up and rolling, and we are designing new stuff to throw up there for you. And guys, it's not just t-shirts. I ordered a hoodie. I ordered some stickers and a magnet. 
I ordered a travel mug and a hardback notebook. That's awesome. I spent like $160 on speech science gear. <laughs> You're going to be our best rep wearing. I, <laughs> I just want to wear it everywhere. Around. I bought a onesie for my daughter. I bought two t-shirts for my boys. We're going to be like the speech science Christmas, y'all. I Well, I was planning to buy some for my kiddos, so that's a great go. idea. On today's episode, we're just we gonna going to buy our own merchandise. That's <laughs> really, key. you know, that's honestly why I started the T Public store or whatever is just because I wanted a shirt, but I didn't want to pay anybody to like make the shirt. So, like behind the scenes, like you have to like pay like a printing cost and whatever, all this other stuff. T T Public or T Springs, whoever the shirt company is. Yeah, yeah T Springs. I don't even know who we use. <laughs> T Springs. Uh, it's all baked yeah. in. So, like, once they make the first shirt, they don't charge you to make any other shirts. So that's why I went that way. But nice. On today's episode, you are listening to this maybe on Thanksgiving, maybe on Black Friday, maybe on Small Store Saturday or Cyber Sunday, whatever the names are. Cyber Monday, I think that's what it is. Yes. Uh, we are going to look back on some of the things that we are thankful for in the world uh, of therapy, some of the things that we... Uh, maybe some story time and some interesting or fun things that make us enjoy our jobs or appreciate uh, what we're doing. We've also got we, we check in with the informed SLP. We have our news headlines and we check in with what Asha is doing maybe for us. Let's check in with you guys. Michelle, how has your weeks been? Uh, what are you doing leading up to Turkey Day? What are you doing on Turkey Day? How's everything out there in the home of Clark Kent? Um, we're, we're doing well, enjoying Kansas and, uh, starting to prep for our next move already because we will be leaving Kansas come probably June. Ugh. Um, so there you go. Welcome to the military. Um, not confirmed yet where we're going, but narrowing down that list. And, um, as you both know, I don't know if I've said when my baby is due, but I'm due mid December, so I'm already 37 weeks pregnant. And that so, baby needs a speech science onesie, I'm just saying. I already told yes, you definitely. I'm getting my son and this baby speech <laughs> science clothing. So you're 37 weeks. Okay, so like any time now, baby speech science 2.0 could be – well, yours is 3.0 because mine was 2.0 <laughs> and your there original you was 1.0. So right. baby speech science 3.0 could be like tonight. I mean, I hope not, but yes. <laughs> and, um, Could be. Yeah, probably not. That's... Tune in next week and find out, did the baby come? If I'm not here, that's probably <laughs> why. <laughs> uh, and so just, you know, trying to wrap up things there. And um, and then really exciting. So I'm sure there's SLPs who are pediatric feeding specialists who will um, tell me we waited too long to do this, but my two-and-a-half-year-old, almost two-and-a-half-year-old, is on night four of no pacifier at hey. night. So that is a, a big change. He's also how old is he? He is not yet two and a half. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. And um, so the pacifier is the harder part. He's out of his crib now as well uh, because he kept climbing out of his crib. <laughs> so, wow. so we needed to make that change for safety reasons. <laughs> 
So no one is sleeping in your house. Got it. Actually, he's doing better than I expected. It's taking him a while to get to sleep each night, but and he's asking for the pacifier, but he likes not having the crib. So at least we just decided to do it all at once. Hey, I get it. Uh, we, um, let me see, for Michael, he never slept in the crib ever his entire life. He slept in like a bassinet thing next to the bed and then kind of did a co-sleepy thing and then he got into his own bed when he was like two or three but he never liked it andrew was like in his crib within three months Mm -hmm. two months like and like hated leaving it like (laughs) yeah he liked baby prison james likes the quote big boy bed which in all reality (laughs) is a mattress on the floor so there you go All right, so it sounds like you've had a very uh, fatiguing week, but hey, getting the pacifier out, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's growing up, right? Uh, my mom's friend yanked the pacifier out of my mouth when I was like three years old, and forever since then, I'm always chewing on pens. So I'm assuming that I might have some weird oral mech issue or something. Oh, goodness. Whatever. Michael McLeod, can you What's beat up? that? Have you removed pacifiers? Are you sleeping in a... Uh, a baby prison lately what what is going on with you prison. over there a Man. baby prison no you're just no. prepping for a baby that's prison. right that's right exactly yeah uh it's it, it's been uh it, it's been just as much uh of an exhausting week uh i think with some of the schools that i work mm-hmm. with uh wrapping up and transitioning back to virtual especially for virtual after the thanksgiving weeks uh, prepping for the increase in cases after Thanksgiving and uh, mixing the the in-person and the virtual recently and dealing with all the different uh, families. It, it, it's been almost one of those like perfect storm kind of weeks where uh, and it, it just it, it just happens. Uh, it's definitely been exhausting dealing with each particular student and uh, you know, one of the, you know, obviously the biggest thing about having such a big caseload is, you know, it's so hard to, you know, give a hundred percent to each and every one every single time. And that's really what we're kind of the most, one of the most important things we do as, as SLPs. And, you know, around this time after it's been September, October, now November, and, uh, we're into the day to day now, I think that's, uh, a pretty consistent struggle we all deal with. What is your caseload at these days? Ooh, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, well, it, it's not only like my caseload, but also like a lot of the people that I work with caseload so that we like share kids. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't want to give a number because I know it would be wrong, but it's, it's up, it's up there big time. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, for me, for my week, uh, we're juggling going back and forth between online and in person. So that's kind of, uh, crazy. Um, I started coaching again. So the season kicked off and we actually beat the number two team in the state today. So I'm writing a weird high. So when a Michelle asked me what I was doing and I said I was writing an article, I had to write an article based on uh, my team winning tonight. So in addition to being everything SLP and father of three, I've decided to keep coaching. Um, and then also I've become that parent in my school's uh, son's school district, and my daughters helped me grow. So, nice. Are you guys ready for this story time? 
I want to hear about that parent. I, I feel like we should hit the button for the hot take. Also, I feel like we need a button for the hot take or the soapbox where a little warning goes off and it tells everyone at home to fast forward at 30%. Um, so A horn sound effect that just, we can just... Oh, no. Matt's about to go off. <laughs> so, okay. We'll go with my son because that was the easier of the two situations. So my son scored in the 75th percentile for map testing. Okay. Not bad. Completely average. Average is 15 to 85. He's 75. We get an email a couple weeks ago that says, your son has been placed in the reading club with the reading teacher. We're like, all right, cool. No big deal. I'm not upset about extra reading time. Uh, and then about two weeks later, my wife sends me a message and she's like, I don't think this reading stuff is working for him. Uh, and she describes the group and my history of working with preschool kids and first grade kids uh with ieps i went huh this sounds like a special education group uh based on like the skills that they were working on and the small group and all and you know the the extra help and all the the rambunctiousness of the students so then i go back through the emails and then i notice that the teacher uh pulled him out of general ed to put him into this little reading group and also put his name in the email saying that he was not going to be part of the normal reading class. So like a rational adult, I called the head of special education and left an eight-minute email or voicemail saying that I was in the red zone, uh, which then got me an immediate meeting the next the morning. <laughs> which You're using got me... zones of regulation on yourself to describe yourself? I like it. Uh, I it. Because I think using the terms piss the F off might not have gone as well as over as saying I'm very much in the red zone right now. So, um, so then I got a meeting with the assistant principal and the principal the next morning. And I asked them why they didn't do uh, a reasonable effort to contact parents. And they asked me what I thought was a reasonable effort. And I said, well, the law states a reasonable effort is three attempts before changing the least restrictive environment on a student. And they were like, Oh, well, he never should have been removed from that class. It was optional. And I was like, awesome. Uh, we weren't told it was optional. And also he was removed from his least restrictive environment. And if I was really upset, we'd be going to due process right now. So uh, long story short, uh, they put him back into his gen ed class. He's also still getting four hours of reading intervention a week. Um, and he's going to graduate out of that because guess what? He was in the 75th percentile. Okay. <laughs> So then, go. help me grow situation, part duh. This happened in back-to-back -back days, so I do apologize about this. Uh, I don't know if everyone out there knows. Basically, my daughter was born profoundly deaf in the one ear, moderately deaf in the other ear. I would uh, say, can I throw in real quick? If we have any parents yeah. listening, I really would love to get some feedback from them because I know Matt mm -hmm. is navigating um, a whole new world in a lot yes. of ways. Uh, speech science podcast at gmail.com. I would love to read insight, but yeah, so profoundly deaf on one ear, moderately the sloping to mild deaf in the other ear. So help me grow comes in and the help me grow administrator wants us to have a developmental specialist lead the team. The developmental specialist is like, I'm not sure I'm the best. The hearing specialist says, I think I'm the best. And as the parent, mm -hmm. I go, I want the hearing specialist. And the developmental, or not the developmental, the help me grow person was like, well, what we do here is that the developmental specialist is going to be the leader of the team. And then we'll ask the hearing interventionist if we have questions. And I went, cool, not for this kid, 
we're getting a hearing interventionist. And the hearing interventionist is like, yes, you want me. The developmentalist was like, yeah, you want her. And, and I'm the leader guessing was that's like, a, a um, TOD, teacher of the deaf? I, I think so. Okay. I, yeah, I, I think they called her the hearing interventionist, actually. But okay. she might be a teacher of the deaf. I'm not. A, mm -hmm. I'll look up her credentials. But um, so then they were like, well, we only have one teacher of the deaf or the hearing interventionist in the county. And I went, cool. I still want her. I want her leading the team because it's not a developmental question. Mm -hmm. It's a hearing question. Um, so then everyone did their parts. And at the very end, they were like, okay, uh, if you guys will sign it, I'll put everything in afterwards. Oh, did I mention that they showed us a blank document during this entire thing? No. And I went, ha, huh, so I don't want to be that guy. I literally said, I don't want to be that guy. But, but I am. not signing anything <laughs> until you fill in the document. Yep. And this poor lady, I don't think she knew that, one, I was an SLP, and two, like, I represent, like, school-based SLPs for the state. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't think she thought I knew anything. And, I, you know, not that she was trying to put anything over. And then she was like, well, I'm supposed to have the next four days off. And I was like, Cool. Still not signing until everything's in. And then she was like, we have deadlines we have to meet. And I was like, cool. Still not signing it. So uh, we got a frantic email the very next morning where she was like, I put everything in. Please sign it or send me a text message saying that this is okay so we can have it start this date. And I may have forgot to read it till the next day. Nice. Yeah. So I am now nice. officially that parent. Well, that's what it takes, man. It's been a You're week. Doing what you got to do. It's weird being, I'll be honest, it's weird being on this side of the table as a parent than it is on the therapist side of the table. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But also, I, Michelle, I think I may have mentioned this to you or, or I mentioned it to somebody else. Um, I understand why parents hate us now. Okay. Explain. Because like as a school-based SLP, I may have the most perfect intention, have the greatest amount of research of why your 14-year-old uh, kid doesn't need 180 minutes a month of our therapy, mm -hmm. but really only needs five minutes a day using the five-minute therapy technique. I may have all of this reams of research, but all they hear is the same thing that they've heard since their kid was a, a two-month-old about what services they cannot have. And I get it now. Like being on the phone and, and just kind of going through it on both my son and my daughter, I get why parents come to us. And when I say, hey, I'm going to drop your kids minutes from 40 minutes a week to 30 minutes a week because this is what they need or they don't need me to target this anymore. I, I need it's making me realize I need to be better at how I describe things mm -hmm. because I'm not coming off as the educated person with research. I'm coming off as the person that's taking away things from their kid that they want to get fixed. Mm -hmm. Well, and we have to remember too, and you, you know, firsthand now, Matt, that what, as therapists, we're looking at our whole caseload, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So this is one kid on our caseload. Mm -hmm. And of course that kid's needs are important and we're going to tailor things, but that one kid is that parent's only kid yeah. or, or maybe kid. only kid in that situation. Mm -hmm. And of course they're going to advocate for whatever they, they believe um, I is the best so for that far child. As, I went so far as I called an advocate. I don't know if you guys have messed with advocates. 
Um, I actually went to a training that included, um, was really targeted for advocates, but it was good information. Okay. It was legal, all on IEP legal stuff. Uh, I talked to the advocate, and they're like, yeah, you're doing everything that we would do right now, so save your money and keep fighting, and then when you need us, let us know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's good advice. Right. Well, that but, sounds like a good advocate versus someone who's just going to... Yeah, exactly. Well, and in. also, I was like, how much do you make an hour? Like, how much do you charge an hour? And she was like, well, $600 uh, for the initial, and then like $150 per hour. And they also charge per, like, email correspondence. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm in the so, wrong field. So if they I respond the to one of your field. emails, they charge you. We that's need- crazy. And SLPs, we don't charge like that, man. Maybe we should. No, we don't. <laughs> and I'm going to. We should. Oh, man. All right. Let us always check in with the uh, SS Pod shout out. The shout out is your opportunity to let us know about somebody or someone or something doing something awesome in the world of speech and language therapy. And the shout out this week goes to Lauren Urbanic and her dog, Benji. Uh, she sent us the video that we posted up on our uh, Instagram and our Facebook pages and Twitter uh, of her training her dog, Benji, to use a Big Mac switch. Go, Benji. So, What I love about this video, though, is this is what I've been trying to tell teachers for years with Big Mac switches. When you record something on a Big Mac switch and it's like, turn the page, and then you hand it to the kid and they hit turn the page, there's no functional communication with it. But if you put the Big Mac button or the switch near a door for a student or, in Lauren's case, her dog, to hit it to say go outside, all of a sudden now it's functional communication. It's true. Mm -hmm. You're pairing it with the action, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen them put put Big Mac switches near the bathroom. So it says something like, I need to go to the bathroom. Uh, teachers have used step-by-steps. Do you guys know what the step-by-steps are? Buttons? Mm-mm. So step-by-step buttons are, are, are buttons where you can record multiple messages. So every time you hit it, it steps through another message. And what they've done with step-by-steps is they go through the building and have people record different hellos or goodbyes. So ah, then the step-by-step okay. on the way out... Uh, one time might be the principal saying goodbye. Then it might be the dog barking goodbye. Then it might be the gym teacher yelling goodbye. Then it might be a comedian uh, or a comedy bit saying goodbye. But each time it's something a little bit different and it gives it a little bit of function. And uh, for teacher sanity, a little difference. A little variety. So, a little variety. <laughs> so if you know somebody that is doing something awesome in the SLP world, hashtag it up, SSPod. Shout out. And now let's jump into the SS Pod due process. Coming off of the SS Pod shout out, uh, the due process is an opportunity for you to email us or give us a message uh, saying, What do you want us to bring into the court of public appeal? Uh, and this week we actually have a one that someone put their name to, so it's not just anonymous. Susan wrote in with concerns over the pro, quote, proliferation of speech therapy apps, end quote. Uh, what can we do to help parents navigate which apps are useful and which apps are just trying to pretend to be speech therapy, a.k.a. money pits? So that is the due process this week, speech therapy apps. And you know what, though? I, uh, 
I love some of the speech therapy apps. I love constant therapy. I love, uh, what is it? The Arctic bees, busy bees app. Which one is constant therapy? Oh, uh, we talked about it on air a couple weeks ago. They're the ones that have, um, it's a bunch of different, like aphasia and cognition games for adults. Okay. Um, now I will say this, um, I signed up as a therapist, so I use it in therapy, but the way they make their money is they get patients to sign up for like $30 a month in homework. And I've never had a patient sign up to use it as homework. Hmm. Do you know, so. just a thought on apps. So I worked mm -hmm. in an AAC research lab in grad yeah, school oh yeah, that's right. when Matt and I were in grad school together and that was 2010, right? And that mm -hmm. was, I felt like on the cusp of all these apps hitting. And so we actually, myself and another grad student, were working on compiling a list of all available speech therapy apps, which I'm sure most of those are obsolete or updated or gone at this point. But now yeah, I feel like- You can't even do that now. You couldn't even make a list of what was yeah, available. No I think one of the issues that I've noticed with the speech therapy apps is that you'll see them on Facebook now. And I don't, maybe it's some weird social media culture that are cultured for me, but they're like, replace speech therapy with this. My nonverbal kid spoke in eight weeks of using this app. So I, I don't have dangerous. tailored ads on Facebook. Oh, like I blocked lucky. that. You can. Yeah, so did I. So I'm, I'm sure that it has to do with you being in speech therapy groups. <laughs> what? How do I block that? I want to block it. But anywho, so no, but it's like these, some of these apps are, you know, like it's the old, like baby Einstein stuff. It's the, we'll teach your kid to read within six months. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. and no for the person who, who wrote Zero. in, I, I would expand her question is not just how do we help parents navigate it? How do we navigate it? That's true too. As therapists, because what are what are you doing to? I usually go by recommendations. It's rare at this point because there's so many that I go in and just look for one, mm -hmm. unless it's something simple I need, like a a letter app or a timer or something. A letter app. Something easy to flip through, you know, that I can do sounds with or something, just as a prompt. But um, and then now with, I mean, Mike, you're doing virtual therapy. Yep. Mm hmm. Uh, with the boom cards and are there any other oh, yeah. new apps that you're using because you can use them in a virtual platform? That's a great question. Um, it, it really depends on exactly what the kid, like who the kid is, of course. Um, the boom cards are, are awesome for the younger kids. That's like made for Zoom, made for teletherapy. If they're awesome. good boom cards though. Yeah, if they're good boom cards, yes. They have to be good boom cards. Because those are made by uh, anybody, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and you obviously want to get the best ones, uh, but you know, just using what you have on Zoom, using that, using that whiteboard, using that share the screen, using the annotate feature, uh, you know, sometimes less is more, you know. Mm-hmm. And See, I, that's oh, sorry, Michelle. No, I just was thinking of a few different ones that, um, you know, I trialed at Boost at ASHA four years ago or a year ago, <laughs> like Articulation Station, which is a popular mm -hmm. one. Um, what I've done with families is I, it's rare that I recommend an app, but it's usually if I know there's like a major sale, like, mm, Hey, okay. you can, if I know you've talked about wanting 
just some practice at home for articulation, for example, here is a couple apps that are having a huge Black Friday sale. So if you want to get it, get it for 10 bucks instead of 50 Like, you know, that kind we of thing. Get, we should get, like, the Tactus Therapy people on here. And I know Raj, um, oh, what's Raj's last name? Eric Raj. Eric Raj. Um, he makes a couple apps. We should get him on air to talk yeah. about this. Mm-hmm. That's I, true. I mean, my concern when we look at the apps and, and when we look at boom cards. And, and Lucas has thing. made a few apps, right? Lucas Stuber, who used to be on Yeah, yeah he's yeah. done a lot more of the, the communication apps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think this is more like the therapy apps, quote unquote. Okay. Yes. Um, my concern also with like teacher pay teachers is like we have no idea if these people are using evidence-based anything when they're making stuff. I mean, that's true, but I, I think you have to be have a critical eye oh, of for course, of course. not just Teachers Pay Teachers, but Super Duper or any other big publication, too, because I've looked at flashcards that are made for speech therapy and some of the examples I shake my head at a little bit for minimal pairs or for sound production. So, what, you don't like the minimal pair of MIP and MUP? Um, so I guess we always have to have that hat on of clinician with a critical eye. No, absolutely. That's fair. And I feel like the, the thing is though, is like, it's like the snake oil stuff. It it's, Oh, you know what upsets me? Speaking of snake oil is I'm listening to a podcast called Zach to the future. It's where, uh, Mark Paul Glossier, Glossier, uh, watches episodes of Back to the Future for the first time and comments on them. <laughs> okay. And every five minutes, he does a commercial for this memory drug. Like this pill that he takes to increase his memory. Man. Right. And it's like, no. And I know he's doing it because someone paid him. But like, and I would do it if I was Zach Morris too. But like, like that kind of stuff upsets me because it's like, oh, this is a popular podcast and they're talking about this medical thing. And it's no different than seeing the ad for one of these Facebook uh, apps. If you're in a group for kids with special, special education or, or cognition delays or whatnot. It's true. So I know exactly what it is. You have, if you, are you guys part of any of those groups for, for parents with disabilities of kids with disabilities? I'm in parents ADHD groups. Are you really? Mm hmm. They get very vicious. Someone in one of the groups oh, yeah. like mentioned getting a cochlear implant on their kid, and they were called an oddist. And I was like, oh. Dude, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane what social media has done in terms of just you know, everyone gets, uh, you know, courage as they're behind a screen. Keyboard warriors. Keyboard warriors, and they just say the most ridiculous things to people. Just everyone is their own harshest critic. Everyone thinks that their opinion is fact. It's really, uh, it's really bad, and to see it happen in parent groups, especially parent groups, mm-hmm. SLP groups. Oh yeah, it happens all the time in ours. It's insane. It's insane. So Susan, going back to your uh, question, we don't know. <laughs> Figure it out on your own. No. <laughs> um, how about send us your apps that you've looked at? Not you, Susan, but if you have any. Um, <laughs> hashtag only SS you, Susan. And yeah. No one else. And let us Susan, know. Susan has a flip phone. Let us know your favorite. Can you put this in the show notes, Matt? Like, let us yeah, know your favorite yeah, apps that you've looked at and have said, yes, this is useful for this reason. 
we can uh, I can create a list on the uh, the website too. So yeah, that we can, we can have can a speech science list. cultivated list. So head over to our website, speechsciencepodcast.com. Email us, speechsciencepodcast at gmail.com. Hashtag it up, hashtag SSPod, or phone call or text 614-681-1798. And if you've got a SSPod shout-out or due process, someone doing something awesome or something doing something terrible, we want to hear about it and we'll talk about it on air. So let's change gears. I thought this would be kind of fun. Let's talk about a couple things that we really enjoyed about this weird pandemic COVID era of therapy. It is Thanksgiving. Uh, it is also an opportunity to give thanks or to reflect positively um, on, on some of the changes or some of the new opportunities that we've done. And I will go first to, to kind of give you guys a few more minutes to think of ideas. And I want to say that the biggest positive that has come out of COVID that has come out of doing therapy behind a mask, behind plexiglass, or on the other side of a television screen or a computer screen, is it has made me a better therapist. I oh. did not realize how much I had become lazy at planning on therapy. I did not realize how much I relied on the same old tricks and the same old ways for so long where moving behind plexiglass moving behind a mask no longer being able to make that connection by a handshake or uh, a joking rib or uh, even working with students by just you know getting into their physical space to redirect them i've had to learn how to effectively use pointers i've learned like you know like a pointer not not a, a tech tip, but like a physical visual aid. I've learned mm -hmm. how to modify my therapy online. Um, and if you're doing therapy online, it's like going back to the clinic days where there's somebody, uh, someone is watching your therapy, critiquing it. You mean back to grad school days? Grad school. Yeah, okay. sorry. Back to grad school where somebody is critiquing your therapy because they're watching it. Because mm -hmm, you have a parent and, or someone else there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it goes back from this mode of I'm just working with the kid to, oh, now I'm educating a parent. Now I'm being the right model. Now I'm, you know, I, I honestly, all of these changes, as much as some of them have sucked, I think truly has made me a better therapist because it has showed me all the areas that I have sucked in, to be honest, the stuff that I've, <laughs> I've, well, I mean, we all do. We all kind of get into that. Okay. It's October. Let's just, let's all go make cookies. We're going to go down to the multiple handicap room or the multiple uh, disability room. And we're going to make uh, no bake cookies this month or pumpkin pie. Like, I mean, we all do it where we all have that, that lesson. Well, you take away that lesson, all of a sudden now you have to, I don't know, for me, it's I've, I've had to become more resourceful. I've had to become a better therapist. I've had to plan more. Like, oh, I can't just print out one copy and have everyone pass it around. I better go get laminated copies so I can clean these when everyone is done. So <laughs> that's what I'm thankful for. The other side that I'm thankful for, uh, it sounds super cheesy as you guys, because you guys, both Michelle and Michael, but also the listeners, uh, because this has become like a weird, cathartic, 
let's get through the pandemic together. Yeah, and it's like therapy. Yeah, now doing this. Like yeah. Mike, listening to you talk about how much you hated teletherapy at the beginning. Yeah, and then you absolutely loved it, and I think there was a week where you—it sounded like you were going to close down your clinic <laughs> and become like a Just teletherapy become a expert. Teletherapy, yeah. And then I think the week later you went, "I hate teletherapy," and then they kind of watch your journey. And that's kind of exactly how it should be. <laughs> and I think you know, a you, lot of people can relate to that. <laughs> yes, and, you, <laughs> if you love something every week, you know it's not good. And Michelle, watching your journey as you moved across the state in the middle of a pandemic getting yeah. the pandemic after having like, after with having a, the with pandemic. a toddler Jeez. Um, yeah and very then, impressive and then to all the listeners a big thank you as well because the stuff that you guys have wrote in on or shared our stuff or uh reached out or you know had a listener send in uh, uh well hillary the the person from the dysphagia outreach program she sent you know bourbon glasses like you guys are the reason that we do the show and we would do it if no one listened, but the fact that 16, 1800 of you listen uh, every month to us, it's awesome. Uh, so a big thank you to everybody at home. So that's super cheesy uh, as well. And the third thing I'm thankful for from, from a therapy standpoint uh, is just having a good support team um, at, sc- mm-hmm. at school and at work because the home care job is getting us tested twice a week. So I know I'm safe coming home. Ooh. Right. Scrape was actually it was really sad this week they were like wow your nose is dry it would bled and i was like well that's because you guys stab it twice a week now i haven't picked my nose this much since i was a three-year-old <laughs> um and then <laughs> and then in the school i've got a good support system there as well that that uh listens to my needs and stuff so those are the big three that i'm i'm thankful for so michelle or mike which one of y'all want to try to beat that Oh, man. Well, I would say that I'm very thankful that so many SLPs out there were active and exercised their right to vote this past election mm-hmm. cycle in the presidential election. There were it was the most people who voted ever. Uh, I know SLPs were incredible. There's there's even a Facebook group now called Crazy Political SLPs. I love that group. <laughs> and, <laughs> I don't and, know and, that one. Of course, there's always SLP Uncensored. That's always very active and 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 you know, out there. Uh, but it was so nice to see that so many SLPs were getting involved and getting informed on the issues and making educated choices. And, uh, you know, there's, we are in a field that is directly affected by politics Mm -hmm. and law and everything. And, and, uh, and we, we, we all saw that during the pandemic and the transfer to teletherapy and state lines and all of that and HIPAA and everything. And uh, am, am I using a HIPAA, version of zoom all this stuff uh so i I think it's i'm very thankful for uh, i've always been very thankful for the network of slps out there on social media who are who are positive and caring and flexible uh and are out there to help each other and share materials and give great advice uh i think we're you know the 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 theme of the pandemic is that we're all in this together and, you know, the stresses of being a speech pathologist, of burnout and high caseload and all of this, you know, just the same thing. We're all in this together and we, we share, we all share in this. And I think that's what makes this podcast so great is that we all have different experiences and, but we all deal with the same ups and downs and, oh, uh, and being able to, to know that other people go through it and, 
uh, we're, we're there for each other and we all support each other and we're in the same boat. I think that's something, uh, I think that's one of the biggest things that makes this field so great. There is a positive to shot. What is it called? Schadenfreude. The enjoyment at the miserable of others. Or the misery the of, of others. others. Yeah. The miseries of others. Uh, I mean, you like, go. you're right, Mike. It's like, oh, at least my week hasn't been as bad as Matt's. Or, oh, Michelle got COVID. Oh. <laughs> I'm just grateful that we... Uh... There is someone, by the way, Michelle, that is like listening. They're like, oh, my week has been terrible. And you're like, my whole family has COVID. And they're like, well... My week is better. <laughs> it could have been that way. It could have been worse. Oh, uh, yeah. But we can always get into that comparison. But I, I do think it's important <laughs> to have perspective. But, uh, and, and trust me, I've, I've found myself saying that, too. I'm like, at least it wasn't this. At least it wasn't worse. At least it wasn't all of those things. But, um, you know, I'll jump in with what I'm grateful for is the, the quality time with just oh, yeah. my nuclear little family. Um, you know, we had all these great plans, just like many people to, to travel and see family and from March until now and haven't been able to do that. But, um, if I think about, especially for us being a military family with all the time that Mm -hmm. Ryan has had at home with both of us and during this pregnancy, even though he hasn't been able to be at appointments because even though he's here because of (laughs) limits on people coming to appointments but um that quality time has been a blessing as well as from a speech therapy side seeing the parent coaching that therapists Mm -hmm. have been able to do especially through teletherapy because a parent is with that child or with that young adult or um even older patients who their support personnel are with them for a therapy session. So I've heard and even spoken to some of my friends who have kids in therapy who've actually surprised themselves because they've enjoyed as parents really having teletherapy when they thought it would be terrible because they felt like they were getting more they could do at home. That's fair. Um, so I do think there's, there's some really good parent coaching and family coaching that's going on especially with young kids when it comes to teletherapy. Um, and for me, be feeling like I could be a resource. Um, I'm grateful for our profession, for the community of our profession, for, uh, for you guys, for the connection through social media and through just the technology we have, but that I've been able to, to be a resource for some family and friends who've had gaps in therapy that's service. Awesome. Um, and even if that's as simple as, hey, you know, take this as episodic care and take a little break <laughs> from therapy therapy, right? Because your kid is getting a lot of that language exposure and everything because they're with you every day. I have always thought this. Did you guys ever read The Monkey Paul? Nope. I don't know that one. Okay. So The Monkey Paul story is basically where like... The person finds the monkey paw, and it's got five fingers. And they're told, and I forget if they bought it or they found it from a witch doctor or whatever, and they're they told to make a wish. And every wish closes, like, a finger on the monkey paw. And when all five <laughs> fingers are gone, like, the the monkey paw's dead. You can't make any more wishes on it. And I, and I don't know what happens at that point. But, like, basically every wish is a 
double-edged sword wish. So it was like the 2020 wish was like, I wish everyone could stay home and be with their families more. And then it was like, because of a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> or like, or like the uh-huh. monkey paw part would be like, you, you know, you wish that Ryan could be home more for the pregnancy. But then it's like, he can't come to any of the events. <laughs> like that's yeah. the monkey paw part of it. Like, ah, okay. I-, I need to look this up now. Yeah. So it's like for every really good thing, there's like a terrible it would be almost like a little kid. I think the little kid asked for their, in the story I remember, the kid asked for their dad to be home more often. And then hmm. he comes home and the dad's like, I got fired from my job today. Oh, gosh. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of like be careful what you wish for type thing. Yeah. So. Hmm. 2020, the monkey paw of reality. <laughs> yep. Insane. No, that was good. That was kind of fun. I like the little cathartic, like looking back on what we're positive and thankful for. Mm-hmm. So, we want to know what you're thankful for. Head over to our website, speechsciencepodcast.com. You can email us, speechsciencepodcast at gmail.com, discord.speechsciencepodcast.com, hashtag SSPod, or 614 681 1798. Over the break, we're going to check in with the informed SLP. We're going to come back with our headlines and the ASHA news. And then we are out for, who knows, a week or two for Thanksgiving. So you're listening to Speech Science. Hi, I'm Mei-Ling Chan. And I'm Martin Sibley. And we are the hosts of the Exceptional Leaders Podcast, where we spotlight high-profile topics and amazing people who are changing the worldview on disability. Even though we are oceans apart, we are bringing people from all over the world together to discuss inclusion, advocacy, accessibility, and real-life journeys. So listen to the Exceptional Leaders Podcast to hear the voices and stories from amazing changemakers and be inspired to make a real difference in the world. This is the story of a very special woman. Just a few knew about her superpowers. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her Mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. And now for our regular research review, brought to you by the Informed SLP. The Informed SLP releases a monthly newsletter that brings you plain language reviews of only the newest, most clinically applicable research, keeping you up to date on advances in the field and saving you tons of time. So let's get to it. Pardon our mess, improving our NICUs one interaction at a time. This is a review of four different studies. The first is entitled Impact of a Pre-Feeding Oral Stimulation Program on First Feed Attempt in Preterm Infants, Double-Blind Controlled Clinical Trial, from the journal PLOS-1. 
The second study is entitled, Improving Communication with Parents, the Neonatal Intensive Care Unit Empathy Workshop from the Journal of Perinatology. The third study is entitled, The Development of a Digital Educational Program with Parents of Preterm Infants and Neonatal Nurses to Meet Parents' Educational Needs from the Journal of Neonatal Nursing. And finally, the fourth study is entitled, A Longitudinal Analysis of Outcomes in Tracheostomy Placement Among Preterm Infants from the Laryngoscope. NICU parents have stated that their biggest dissatisfaction with their baby's care was that their emotional needs had not been acknowledged or addressed. That's a quote from Cassett et al. 2020. Having a NICU baby can be rough, but at the end of the day, all that matters is bringing home your baby, right? Not exactly. NICU parents are susceptible to heightened anxiety and even PTSD, potentially changing the way that they parent. Staff interactions can affect this stress for better or for worse. This month, we bring you four studies that you can use to improve communication and rapport building with parents in your NICU. And if you're not in the NICU, don't worry, there's plenty of ideas in here for you too. Information delivery. How you educate parents matters. When interviewed, parents of recent NICU grads said they wanted to receive information that was one, easily accessible, even after they went home for the night, digitally was preferred, two, more image-based and less text-based, and three, provided early and repeatedly in the NICU experience. Even if you don't have an app or website to point parents to, you might consider having parents take a picture of a handout or scan a QR code that links to the material you're sharing. Empathy matters. This study, which we've linked to online, followed a NICU trying to improve empathetic communication with parents and reported improvements in parent satisfaction surveys and increased self-competency ratings from staff, even months after the training. The NICU didn't have the funds to do a training like Vital Talk, Empathetics, or NICU Critical Care Communication, so they developed their own empathy workshops. See case scenarios in the supplemental materials we've linked to online. Are you unsure if your unit really needs to improve their empathetic communication? Start by using their NICU Provider Communication Skills Self-Assessment Form and the NICU Parent Experience Survey. We've linked to both of those online. Breastfeeding NICU babies can be hard. If you've ever worked in a NICU or been a parent in a NICU like yours truly, you've met your fair share of parents who intend to breastfeed but stopped earlier than planned. Parker et al. interviewed parents after NICU discharge who revealed that health professionals told them that breastfeeding was easier to establish at home, despite evidence to the contrary, which we've linked to online, and that parents perceived breastfeeding as counterproductive to the health professional's goal of discharging an infant home sooner on bottle feeds. Reflect on that for a bit. How often do you encourage parents to get those bottle feeds in so they can just go home? How often do you challenge other providers who make these types of statements? However, parents had a stronger sense of control when responsibilities like changing diapers or washing pump parts were taken care of by others so they could focus on breastfeeding and when NICU staff provided education on technical aspects of breastfeeding and pumping. They got a tracheostomy, now what? In the NICU, parents, and often clinicians, can be laser-focused on the infant's current health, 
So when our most fragile infants receive a tracheostomy, parents might not understand exactly what that means for the long term. A recent study looked back at 240 preterm infants with tracheostomies and found the following. Only around one in four were successfully decannulated, although importantly, children were a range of ages at the time of this study. 2.7 years was the average age of decannulation for those children who were decannulated by the time of this study. Gestational age at birth didn't predict when kids would be successfully decannulated, or which children, sadly, would die. But neurocognitive status did. Children who had only mild neurocognitive impairment were decannulated closer to two years of age. Around half of surviving children needed to be in specialized educational settings or had global developmental delays. Though this type of information can be challenging to convey, this is where that empathy training might come in handy. Helping parents understand the obstacles ahead may allow them to seek out resources sooner. Whether we're providing difficult information about long-term outcomes or helping parents with current struggles, Communicating clearly and empathetically can help parents feel supported in the NICU. And as communication specialists, we've got the advantage when it comes to figuring this out. Thanks for listening to this review. If you're interested in more, come visit us at www.theinformedslp.com. Tell us how you put the research into practice, or find us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at The Informed SLP. Welcome back to Speech Science. I'm Matt Hot, joined as always by my two favorite folks in the world, Michelle Wintering and Michael McLeod. Hello, hello. What's up? Well, and I should put a caveat: like my two favorite folks outside of my family. Like, obviously, obviously, it's an <laughs> obvious caveat. You're like my two favorite people I don't live with. How's that sound? Two favorite people that you works. talk to every week over a screen. <laughs> Actually, yep. I've realized this. I think I've talked. I I think the three of us talk more than I talk with anybody else in my life outside of my wife. It's called being a dad. Right, that's well, true. and also, <laughs> I, I know we've said this before, but I feel like I it's still crazy to me that I have not met Mike in person. Right, me neither. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, maybe I don't exist. Well, and I think, honestly, we all pretty like good after... front if, you're, if you don't exist. Maybe I'm just a guy. Maybe I don't, I don't even have a speech We had even talked about in 2020 trying to get us three together. <laughs> after ASHA 19, which, by the way, came up in everyone's feeds this week, and I think we all realized how sad it was that we weren't at ASHA. There's no we're ASHA. All like, let's get together. See, that was it. We're all like, hey, that's the monkey paw that's thing I talked about before ball. the break. Wouldn't yeah. it be cool if we all had an opportunity to be off for ASHA? And we all had the opportunity to be off for ASHA, except planes are down, there's a pandemic, not and happening. ASHA canceled. ASHA canceled, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, this part of the show is where we get to look at some of the stuff that you may talk about at the water cooler. Is there even water coolers anymore? Probably not in post-pandemic. You gotta stand far apart. <laughs> Everyone brings their own water, so you're not going to talk at the water cooler. Here are stories you can yell at each other from across the speech therapy lunchroom. Mm-hmm. Appropriately uh, masked you, you, and social distance. You can't, you can't yell, though, because that's what sprays the, the spray. Uh, 
You can text message about these. these. You can text message it. You these, can do group are, chat. these are the headlines. These are things that are happening in the news that you should know about, or you might be able to talk with patients, or you may be able to talk uh, with families. Going to start off on a sad note. Country singer Hal Ketchum passed away at the age of 67 after a long battle uh, with dementia. Um, he sold over 5 million records. His most famous songs, however, were Small Town Saturday Night and Hearts Are Going to Roll. Uh, they, he announced it back in 2019, or his wife announced that he was had early onset uh, senile dementia and would no longer be touring. Hmm. So, mm. I loved Hal Ketchum, man. Small Town Saturday Night. That is a good no. song. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys are cut, like, Michelle, you're in Ohio. You know country. Mike, I know you're from New York, so you probably don't even know what country is. But uh, I don't know. Country <laughs> country has meshed with a lot of pop these days. Yeah, it has so. recently, yeah. So sad news Techni- there. Technically now the Backstreet Boys are, are country. Wait, what? The Backstreet Boys are no, country now. Is that based Backstreet. on instruments or what is that based on? It's based on style. Huh. Oh. Look it up, man. Oh, the Backstreet Boys have a country song. There you go. Country album. What? So it's got to be instruments and like what? Because you can change a whole feel of a song with a couple different instruments. Huh. Huh. And All a little right, well, twang thrown in there. We'll go into that <laughs> a little bit later. Kidding. Our second article on the news side. Uh, Joe Biden in the Washington Post says he is promising to replace the education secretary, Betsy DeVos. And I'm wondering if she'll be drugged into the woods uh, on the back of a centaur like they did in Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, damn. You know, that, that, it's, that is not surprising, though. Most president-elects exactly. replace yeah, of course. all of those positions. I think Betsy Davis, uh, DeVos got off on the wrong foot <laughs> when she said, hey, uh, I believe in defunding all public school education. Like, I mean, that might have been, yeah, that might have been the have. wrong start to her. Maybe to you her don't want to say that. Yeah. Stuff. Well, and you also have, um, you know, the president elect's wife who is an educator. Yep. So yeah, she's going to have Biden. a different well, perspective. She's going to, she's going to continue to teach too. Mm-hmm. She's she a, really? she's a community yeah. college English professor. Yep. Yep. And oh, she's going to cool. continue to teach the whole time. She's uh, not going to quit. I wouldn't do that. I'd quit. <laughs> well, what can you say? Well, when not, your wife Kim stress. becomes president, president. and you oh. are the first oh, first gentleman, then first man. No, it's the first gentleman. That's the no, title. No, I'm, I'm just gonna rename it to the first man. <laughs> no, I think that's cool, and I do think that Betsy Davos DeVos needs to go. Well, I, I I think the problem is we've hit this weird politicalness of the world that no matter who Joe Biden picks the other side is not going to like it because it's not their person. Mm-hmm. But but you're right. I mean, this is just one of those fluff headlines. Everyone replaces everybody. Yeah, that's pretty standard. It's true. Someone that should maybe be replaced, Sia defends casting a non-disabled actor to portray a person with autism in her upcoming film, Music. Are you guys following along with this? I have seen this pop up a lot in... Um autistic community post. Yeah, so the film includes uh, the cast has Kate Hudson, Leslie Odom Jr. from Hamilton, Aaron Burr, sir, mm-hmm. and 18-year-old dance mom star Maddie Ziegler. Uh, however, 
Uh, Ziegler is the playing a teen with autism, um, trying to convey her feelings to the outside world through a tablet. Mm-hmm. And That's I guess a, some a of the nonverbal the, autistic mm-hmm. young woman, right? And is the primary I saw character. Sia, yep. And I saw Sia say that she defended this because she didn't think a person with autism or an autistic actor could handle the stress of a long acting day. With, so that's why uh, she didn't do well. it. And the, the thing is, like, we have to, uh, in my head, I, you know, I frame it with a community that I know decently mm-hmm. well, um, having worked at a school for the deaf and a school for the blind, that, you know, those are two groups that have really embraced the the opposite, the identity first language a long time ago. Yes, yes. Right, like, I am a deaf person, I am a blind person, mm-hmm. not I am a person with hearing loss, hearing loss. or with vision impairment and the autistic community is embracing that identity mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. And that also comes with representation, which is just like the deaf community would be really mad if you had a deaf character portrayed by a hearing person, then this is the autistic community lashing out and saying, this is not right. If you have yep. a prime character, like a, the character is an autistic person, why did you not hire an autistic actor? Uh, you know who actually I f- was the first person with disabilities or the first disabled actor I saw on TV that I noticed was the deaf actress on the show Heroes. And her power was that like sound made noise so she could see like what things did you ever watch the show heroes the yeah the show i i did the first couple seasons i'm trying to remember who this was and like she was murdered by uh the guy uh that would become captain spock later on in life Hmm. he dissected her brain on the middle of the show but what was her superpower she like saw sound oh she she could could see sound she was like yeah she was like the paramedic that's or the doctor yeah so that was my first disabled actor that i ever saw nice so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then the last article, uh, there is a push in England to ban soccer or football for the rest of the world uh, for anyone under the age of 18 due to concerns of TBIs and late onset life uh, dementia and other neurodegenerative uh, diseases. Yeah, uh, obviously it's a lot bigger there than it is here. Uh, so for them to do that, to do to do that, there must have been a pretty massive problem, and that's you know They're here saying, obvious you oh, know sorry, here here we have football mm-hmm. with helmets, but it's still pretty bad. But I've definitely heard I've heard that there's more concussions in like male female soccer than there is in football. Yep, they want to ban, and and I, and I was a little hyper. Uh, I exaggerated a bit. It's not banning all of soccer, but banning of headballs until at least the age of 18. Ah, okay. Uh, that is Because different. they're saying that the... That's uh, a big difference. Well, <laughs> the large body of evidence, which has identified that small repetitive collisions of the brain cause disease. Just like U.S. Football. American football is talking there about. I mean, mm-hmm. and think about the new rules in the NFL with the exactly. helmet-to-helmet contact. And, yep. Um, I mean, that's the same sort of mitigation measures that we're trying to put in here. Yep. It says, I guess right now they've got it banned for kids under the age of 12, 
but they want headers to wait until they're 18 because that's six more years of damaging behavior. That's perfectly fine. That's mm -hmm. a very smart thing to do. Yeah, we got to protect our brains, man. Don't ban all of soccer, just the headbutt. Uh, all right. Don't ban the sport. <laughs> Who was the uh, French soccer player that headbutted the competition at the World Cup? Oh, yeah. He headbutted the referee. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Not the competition. Sometimes oh, the referee is the competition. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Zidane headbutts uh, Matarazzi in the World yeah. Cup 2006 finals. Yeah. Total loser. Zinedine Zinedine. So. so that is a look at your headlines. You can talk about that quietly under your masks when you're secretly meeting at the water cooler tomorrow <laughs> at work. Uh, let's end like we always do. Let's take a look at what Asha is asking for us to do. Sometimes Asha does awesome things. Sometimes they don't. But we try to look at more of the positive. And Asha is asking for our help. They literally said, hey, you, and I assume they meant us. We need your help. And here's what they need help with. They want you and us and me and Michelle and Michael and anyone listening to this podcast, contact your U.S. rep uh, to support the bipartisan bill to address Medicare cuts. It's the holding providers harmless from Medicare cuts during COVID-19 Act of 2020, sponsored by California Democrat uh, Amy Barra and Indiana Republican Larry Buxton. And it's to address uh, the cuts providing relief payments in an amount that will ensure parity with current payments for impacted services for the next two years. So there we go. And this is where you can fill out, don't they have a, like yep. a fill-in, an automatic letter? kind of thing yep they do and i love that they it's the take action by sending a letter to congress and i click on it and i put in all my information and they populate a letter for me and they will send it all out awesome let's do that ss pod uh, you, let's get it sent in have you ever contacted a senator or republican mm -hmm. or not a republican a representative. representative yes i have uh it is the weirdest process i have ever gone through why? So I contacted the state reps to find out why hearing aids aren't paid for in this state. And one was like, I'm not going to not support it. And I'm like, what? What does that even mean? I'm not going to not support it. Yeah, and that's not just Ohio, Matt. That's the sad part. Right. And then, like, on the other side, I guess back in, like, May, I learned you can order a flag that's been flown over the Capitol. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool. I run my son's scouts troop. So I put in a re uh, like a request back in May, and their office called me last week. Okay. And I had no idea why they were calling because they were like, "Hi, this is so and so from Rob Portman's office." And I was like, "Hi." And they're <laughs> like, "What can I do for you?" And I was like, "Uh, you uh... called me." <laughs> so I thought it was about my hearing aid crusade. So I talked to them. They're like, "Wow, that sounds terrible. I have no idea why that's not paid for." But I have here that you asked about a flag, and I was like. <laughs> You, oh yeah you should have led with that come on <laughs> like could, next time could you just say that right so, so are you getting you a flag i'm going to i think it's like 50 bucks okay but that pays for the flag and they're going to put it up on a special day and all this other stuff so i think that's great yeah mike have you ever contacted the reps or anything i think i think i have can't remember exactly but i think i have something about uh like state licensure oh, or okay. Medicare, something like that. I can't remember what it was. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I definitely did during the uh, 
Uh, well, it comes up. It's been coming up. The, but the 9-11 bill for mm. first responders. That's I one that they I have permanently yeah. funded that now. They have now, finally. But yeah. I mean, but that yeah. was multiple like extensions. Like, uh, after the majority have passed away. Yeah. That was John. John Stewart was doing that. Well, he he's yeah. the one who really got it in the public eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is why celebrities need to talk about politics. Mm-hmm. Smart ones. I'll take any at this point. <laughs> well, anyways, this is your chance if you haven't written in to yep. your representatives or your senators. Um, this is an easy way to do it. And having family myself who have worked for city government and for state government, that's, I mean, their aides are the ones who are fielding those phone calls. And so, or those phone calls or those letters or whatever else. And if they get enough of them, it's going to come up in True. conversation. So that is where the sheer numbers are important. And I just filled out mine while we were talking and it pops up the letter and it says, as your constituent audiologist, speech language pathologist, and a member of ASHA, I'm writing you to urge blah, blah, blah. And it's about eight pages long. Sincerely signed and sent. Awesome. Took See? 30 seconds. There you go. Now I'm going to get a phone call about this in six months. And I'm going to be like, what, what is this? What did I sign up for? Ah, so this is airing right around Thanksgiving. What are you guys doing today on Thanksgiving? Oh, uh, socially re- remaining socially distant from very few amount of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, low key, low key, uh, small Thanksgiving with a neighbor who we already Fair spend enough. time with. So, uh, keeping keeping that circle small. <laughs> Uh, I think I've lost the fight this year, and my wife has officially killed the turkey at our Thanksgiving dinners, because since she doesn't like dark meat, last year she bought white meat. Man, I love dark meat. I'll take I that. Know. <laughs> I'm so upset, because like, so last year she bought like just the white meat breast meat, and guess how much of that turkey I ate? Zero. I had very little. So this year she was like, hey, you didn't really eat any of the turkey last year. And I was like, but that was because you didn't buy the good stuff. <laughs> like the... Unhealth, the ungrowth, the untasty, healthy stuff. I like the dark meat too. I'm with you, Matt. Greasy. I am all about the football on Thanksgiving. It's my favorite, favorite thing ever. I love it. I love it. The early game. There's one game at like 10:30. It's the best. I'll be honest. There's like three days a year that I don't have to work any job, and it's New Year's, Christmas, and Thanksgiving. So like, you could literally just tell me that cable's broken, and I'd be okay. Like, I'll just sit in my house and stare at the ceiling for 12 hours. <laughs> you just sit in your house and hold your baby and watch your boys run around. Or I respect put, it. put my baby down so she learns to sleep by herself so she's not always needy on me. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's all right. Oh. Your daughter has you ra- has you wrapped around her finger already. <laughs> I know that. Our opening music tonight is Please Listen Carefully by Jazard's License Under an Attribution and Share Alike License. A big yawn from Matt. Big yawn. Dramatic <laughs> You're going to make pause. me yawn. <laughs> Our bump music is County Dramatic Fair Rock, Comic Pirate, and Chan Deku. Find all of his music at soundcloud.com slash dirtdogmusic. The Informed SLP and our closing music uh, were both licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license. Informed SLP was at the count by Broke for Free. And our closing music is Slow Burn by Kevin McLeod. In the immortal words of Janice Wright, always be a willow. The oak will crack under pressure the willow will return to form and while you're being a willow check out everything that we have over at speechsciencepodcast.com merchandise.speechscience.com 
SSPodcast.com or uh, hashtag SSPod. We'd love to hear hear from you. Try to say that five times. For fellow Willows, Michael McLeod, Michelle Wintering, I'm Matt Hot. Have a wonderful and happy and safe Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, and Cyber Monday. Uh, Until next week, so long. Science is edited and produced by MWH Production. Please follow Speech Science on Twitter at SpeechSciencePC and like our page on Facebook. For more original podcasts, please visit ExceptionalEd.com and rate and subscribe to our podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts.